0: Hello, this is a new Blake Street Irregulars podcast. My name is Sean Drotar, with me as always. Every week, uh, normally it's going to be Mondays, but this week we moved it around. This is Ronnie Court as we take a look at your Colorado Rockies, uh, your first place Colorado Rockies, so we'll have a little bit of fun today. As always, Blake Street Regulars brought to you by Tap 14, the rooftop beer garden. Uh, just a stone's throw away from the uh, home plate entrance of Coors Field, 1920 Blake Street, on the roof of Haters and Co. They are all Colorado. 70 Colorado draft beers, one 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits, terrific food. Chef Taylor Creedon does a great job up there rotating uh, the different kinds of the food you can have during the seasons. Uh, It's great for lunch. It's great for dinner. You can go uh, before or after the game like I do, sometimes both. Or you can just go at any point in time because they have one of the best views in town at that rooftop, and it is all Colorado. So for Rockies fans, Tap 14 is your place to go. Visit them at tap14.com. And with me, as I mentioned before, Ronnie Court of Mile High Sports is here. Kind of the guy that makes uh, well everything work. If there was, if Mile High Sports was Star Trek, you would be Scotty.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm like a utility infield player. There Please. you go. I just, I just do a little bit of everything, I guess.
0: But it's, it's been a lot of fun. One of the things you do do is, is you are at Coors Field almost all the time yes, uh, yes. And catching up with those Rockies the Rockies now 31 and 17 as we speak finishing their series against Philadelphia on what is going to be the longest road trip of the season they have already won seven of the nine games they could go to eight out of ten on what has got to be one of the better road trips in Rockies history of well, that absolutely. length. to be completely honest uh, the only thing that's maybe a little bit frightening is that the Rockies who have you're not hearing this incorrectly the best record in the national league
1: say that again say it for the me the best more time.
0: record in the national the league best 14 national games league. over 500 as we record this the only disappointing part is that the third and fourth best records of the national league belong to the arizona diamondbacks and the los angeles dodgers respectively so uh, the rockies have not caught a break this year when you talk about having one of those years when the uh, team maybe has a Other teams having a bad year in the division, I guess Giants notwithstanding, having an atrocious year, but the uh, Rockies are are still in a situation where they're uh, being pursued rather hotly by the Diamondbacks and by the Dodgers, so they've they've had to go out on this trip and beat teams they're supposed to beat. Minnesota is a team that was in first place uh, over in the AL Central when they played them. Rockies won that series. They take uh, two of three from the Reds. They could have taken three of three. Uh, Bullpen had a blip. That's bound to happen eventually. They have an opportunity here to sweep the Phillies, but even at the very worst, they take three out of four. Uh, This is a a, a big road trip for them, and and you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording, Ronnie, that uh, when – rockies fans look at this and even when people that are outside colorado look at and start looking at the rockies nationally as they're starting to get some attention this road trip becomes one of those oh but they didn't play anybody it doesn't mean anything that to me seems rather unfair because when you're a team that's good yeah look at the chicago cubs or the nationals or or a team like that goes and lays waste to some sub 500 teams on the road they don't look at the nationals or dodgers and say yeah but they didn't play anybody
1: yeah, no. The good teams take care of business, and that's exactly what they're doing right now. Is they're taking care of business against the teams that they should beat, and uh, doing it on the road too, even more so, and against uh, divisional opponents as well. I mean, it's dating back before the road trip when we were talking, we were talking about in the last podcast about what we saw as a successful road stand, and some of us said five and five, six and four, uh, seven and three, uh, or uh, 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 yeah, seven and three in the ten game road stand. Um, And I love that we're now beginning to change the mindset from the Rockies not being just a hot team, but being just a good team and taking care of business and beating the teams that they should and beating them badly, too. I mean, they have really made Philadelphia look really bad.
0: Yeah, not that Philadelphia needed help. To be fair, this is a team that has lost f- 20 of its last 24 coming yeah. in. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, you still have to, that's a team that you have to beat. These, those are the ones when if you're going to be a competitor like the Rockies appear that they're going to be in it for the long haul, those are the games you can't drop because those are the ones you regret. When you only have a, a two-game lead, you cannot afford to drop two to a Phillies team that is reeling. You have to make sure that yeah. kind of you know, kick them while they're down. And I think the Rockies have, have done that. And when we talked last, there were a couple things we wanted to see as this road trip really kind of kicked off. We wanted to see, and we'll kind of go in order. The young pitchers continue to pitch well. Mm-hmm. Saw that. Wanted to see Carlos Gonzalez kind of get back on track. Well, that hasn't been a problem. We have seen that, Cargo yes. is, is hitting over three seventy on this road trip. Over the last week, he's hit over 400. Been absolutely on fire. Seems like he's gotten right. Trevor Story has returned to health, came back and played in the third game of this series, uh, got a hit, drew two walks. I'm still concerned about the fact he he screws himself into the ground every time he swings and he misses. But if Carlos Gonzalez is doing his part, the Rockies can maybe absorb uh, a Trevor Story that ends up with the year with a 250 average uh, with the power. I think they can live with that. And then last but not least, Tyler Chatwood getting a performance. He had been a Mm. big problem. We talked about both the Tylers. Tyler Anderson, who was pitching, as we as we do record this in Philadelphia, but Tyler Chatwood, who had been extremely wobbly, had had the problems with walks, goes out uh, in what was last night's game. Is when he leaves the game after seven innings, he gave up one hit and no runs. Yes, he walked four, most of them early, but got out of that traffic and then ended up striking eight. Looked like the Tyler Chatwood that we know he can become. He had a really good game earlier in the season, too, where it looked like he was turning a corner, we need to see him do it again. I think yeah. before you get excited, you know, same thing with what Carlos Gonzalez having his turnaround. If he had gone one game where he goes four for four, you don't say, "Oh, well, he's great," because you can go for four the next time out. But Chatwood has probably these two to three weeks until you start hearing about a specific return date from John Gray. To me, it was very interesting because now you look at maybe a Germán Marquez. I, I don't, how can you send him down? I mean, it, they're going to be an interesting spot. Jeff Hoffman's come up, started two games, won two games, so. Getting that return to form for Chatwood, control still a bit of an issue, but much improved, and and was able to work around it. That's the only one, Ronnie, where I, I look at it, but I do take a grain of salt and go, okay, that was against the Phillies, because that's the one game you pitched, but. Reasons for optimism there, perhaps, for Tyler Uh, Certainly
1: reasons for optimism. I still want to see consistency, especially with Chatwood because, uh, and he talks about this a lot, it's a mental thing right now with him and the walks. 31 walks on the team leads the team by a lot. And uh, Chatwood is a pitcher who we have seen flashes of at home and on the road can pitch very very well it's just it is such a mental thing and I almost um and I don't know if this is appropriate term for it but almost pitching bipolar where uh he gets into a little bit of a jam early and it almost kind of sets the tone for the entire game and then he can really have these games where he just looks phenomenal and then it just falls apart in other, oppor- in other games. So uh, certainly with Chatwood, I-, I would love to see a 3-4 game stand. Because we were talking about it before this road stand about the possibility of how can you send Marquez down? I mean, how can you uh, take any of these young yeah, guys you wanted, out of the uh, rotation? One of
0: the things you had to do with Chatwood, perhaps, and that's uh, when I recorded move the, to the like previous a long one exactly something. Yeah. with Doug Ottawa. We actually called that one basically Chatwood's last stand. You know, what was he going to do? Uh, do you have to maybe move him into long relief? Yeah. And uh, you know, Jordan Lyles has been ineffective in that role. I think there's no way around that. So I think you know there's an opportunity there. Maybe that's Marquez, or who knows? But in Chatwood's case, you're right. The walks are still a problem. Leads the team. The uh, the rest of it, you know, this was a good performance for him. But uh, the strikeouts per nine innings are just kind of okay. And uh, the walks per strikeouts, of course, on the uh, season, not particularly good. But reasons for optimism, you come back and you do it again. And, and then I think you can get him right. Because what, you, what you're talking about is correct. It's mental. It's not a physical problem. It's mental. Yeah. So you kind of wrap your head around it. Get This is the kind of things that uh, I remember when I was playing baseball. You'd, I played infield and you'd go up to the mound and be like, hey, man. There's uh, a whole bunch of guys behind you, and our job is to catch the ball. So don't worry about it if they hit it. throw strikes. (laughs) You know, that's what you need to do. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that's what Chatwood has to get mentally uh, right in his mind, and and I think maybe there was a long way of getting towards that going forward. But the rest of it, everything looks uh, really good for the Rockies. One of the things that really, uh, I, I think, surprised me, we knew he's been playing very well. Charlie Blackman now leads the National League and runs batted in. He's a leadoff hitter. Yeah. So when, I, when I've tried to explain that to people, like, well, think of it this way. If he ends up with 600 plate appearances, probably 150 of those are leading off, a, you know, pretty close to leading off a game or coming up with nobody on, on, on the mat, I mean, on, on base paths. So there's no even opportunity to knock in the runs. Uh, Blackman's efficiency has been absolutely spectacular.
1: I have said this on air on Mile High Sports that I, I think Charlie Blackman's your first 50-game MVP. This team. I know we want to talk about the great pitching from Tony Mark Freeland, or Mark Reynolds, but I mean, Charlie Charlie Blackman speaks to how good this lineup truly is top to bottom because you can't lead the NL and RBIs from the leadoff position unless the guys behind you in the 7th, 8th, 9th spot are getting on base. But you want to talk about a 460 batting average? With runners in scoring position? <laughs> That's I mean, it's It's absurd what he is doing right now. Uh, a, a calendar year so far. He had uh, 29 homers last year. Calendar year right now. He's hit 38 homers. That's one less than Nolan Arenado hit last year. And uh, he has the power. We've seen him steal a ton of bases in years past. Uh, That has not been a a, uh, super huge priority right now because the fact that he's knocking it out of the yard. Uh, Blackman has been absolutely instrumental for this offense, uh, setting the pace, and uh, it, it really is incredible to see the amount of production Coming out of Blackman in that top spot, eight of his last homers have come with men on. I mean, he is just raking in RBIs for the Rockies. It's it's a great sign because he has kind of – he's played so well, he has kind of picked up some of these struggling bats that we talked about in previous podcasts. And now that those bats are starting to wake up, I mean, this is just a juggernaut of a team right now yeah, in offense. Yeah, it
0: is. And if you look in Blackman's case, for example, if you like the advanced stats, the wins over replacement, which is, seems yeah. to be maybe the most uh, familiar advanced stats to folks who are used to looking at the back of a baseball card and going, what's that? Uh Blackman, with his 1.7, actually rates only a, a 14th in the league in, in wins above replacement, but he's the only leadoff hitter in that group. The rest of these guys, you know them more or less as 3, 4, and 5 hitters. So what he's done is remarkable. The only thing that I actually look at at times is I wonder, because the as he gets a little bit older, the, the speed part of his game isn't as important. Blackman is not. Uh, he has four steals, and that does lead the team. But the Rockies aren't really a team that's going to be running around the base paths. They don't sure. have a lot of Billy Hamiltons. There's no reason to run. Your, and there's a reason for that. It's not they don't have some speed. It's not that Charlie Blackman doesn't have speed. But there's no reason to risk running yourself into an out when there are, like you talked about, so many bats behind him to potentially knock him in. I do wonder a little bit if, if all this continues from Blackman. DJ LeMayhew has less power. And DJ Lemayhu is the defending National League batting champion. DJ second on the team in steals with three. I, I wonder at some point, obviously you don't change what's working, but if it might be worth even swapping the two in the order.
1: Experimenting.
0: Experimenting a little bit and giving Blackman, again, potentially more RBI opportunities if he's just having that kind of season. So uh, there's a little more flexibility for Bud Black to play with, and I think that ends up being fascinating too. But looking at the way that this, uh, this road trip's going to finish, and it will finish again with either 7 or 8 out of 10 wins, it will be spectacular. The Rockies will be in first place again. They have the best road record in the majors, uh, that one, you what?
1: It, it, the yeah.
0: Rockies won 33 road games last year in the whole season. They've won 18 already. Yeah. So uh, what, what we're really, and, and it's funny, you almost run out of superlatives. And yes, it is a long season. And yes, the Rockies uh, are not anywhere the way through it. But we're in uncharted territory for this team. This team has gone to a World Series, has made the postseason a couple times, but it has never done it in this fashion. There has never been a moment this late in the season where the Colorado Rockies have been this high over 500. Mm. There has never been a point in the season where the Colorado Rockies have been in first place uh, this uh, at this point in the season with by more than a single game. So, I mean, they're they're really in uncharted waters, and it, it makes it not only a lot of fun but quite fascinating because often pressed as prologue, and there's not an opportunity to look at what's happened in the past with the Rockies and go, well, because of this, you can expect this. I don't know if anybody can honestly say they know what to expect from this team, except that now, you know, you're almost 50 games in. This is a legitimate team.
1: Oh, absolutely. The culture has changed. The culture has changed. And I've, I said this when Bud Black was hired, is the fact that the Montforts went outside of the organization to go get a guy who not only is, is pitching-focused, but is a big name. I mean, Bud Black was a bigger name than many of the fish that were out in the sea. And they plucked him here. And then you start to sign guys like Ian Desmond, Mike Dunn, Greg Holland. And while, you know, some of those may have been a risk because of the injury past, it's now paying off. And uh, past Rockies teams would not have done that. Past Rockies teams in this 10-game road trip would have went 3-7 and, and and batted 200. This is usually when
0: it starts to fall apart. Exactly. Those long road trips in maybe in late May or early June is when it, then it becomes clear that they're not built for the long Correct. haul in this case i understand the competition isn't exactly the nationals and the dodgers but but you they've mowed through these
1: guys but to go back to what you're saying with the division uh rivals there there's nobody in they the lead division the season outside series of Boston. with the dodgers and the diamondbacks yeah yeah and the diamondbacks and the dodgers are no pushovers by any means and yet they're still beating good competition now yes baseball is a marathon it's not a sprint but first 50 games we can see the rockies are legit
0: after this road trip, they come back home. They will play the St. Louis Cardinals, another team that is legit. They're a half game out of the Central behind Milwaukee, but they have been, until the maybe the last week or so, one of the consistently best teams in the NL, especially over the, really the last month. They've really started to get their footing, and we know what they can do offensively and pitching. They're a team that gives the Rockies fits uh, at Coors Field, and certainly at, at Bush. This will be at Coors Field. Then you get the Mariners. The Mariners are an interesting situation. The Rockies, I think, when you look at this, this uh, setup with the Cardinals, that comes first, and that'll be the weekend series. I think, again, the Rockies need to keep their same goal. You try to win two of three. You'll be looking at Senzatella, Freeland, and Marquez. Rookie, yeah. rookie, rookie. And you'll be having matchups against Carlos Martinez, who is has Cy Young-caliber stuff. He's 3-3 yes. this year, but elite stuff. Adam Wainwright, who, you know, has one, And then you have Lance, uh, Lance Lynn, who's, uh, well, just, you know, toting around at 4-2 and two and another one of their great starters. So, again, the Rockies look, even though they have a better record than the Cardinals, they don't look as if they have the pitching matchup advantage as they're bringing rookies. However, all of the Rockies rookies together, Sensatella, Freeland, and Marquez for that series, they have a combined 14 wins and five losses substantially better than what the, the Cardinals are bringing in. So I think if you're the Rockies, you want to take two, two or three. You don't care about which two or three you take, but you want to make sure that you don't uh, lose the momentum on a road trip by not playing particularly well at home. And then the Rockies have been as weird as it has been. They've been worse at home than they have been on the road. Yeah. But then you go, to, you, uh, go with Seattle for four games. Two will be at home. Two will be on the road. Seattle is another team that right now is a mess. Uh, they have now scored in their, in their last four games. They lost to the Nationals on Wednesday. Get this. They have been outscored by 35 runs in their previous four games, which is the worst in their history since they started an expansion team in 1977. They are getting absolutely smashed. So that's another one the Rockies look like they need to keep it going. When you look at this this, uh, abbreviated homestand, it'll be just the five, the three against the Cardinals, two against Seattle before, then you go out to to Safeco uh, in the Pacific Northwest there. What do you need to see from the Rockies? And I, I kind of want to include the Seattle series in that because it's a bizarre basketball-like home-and-home, yeah, home, two, home and two, two home, in Denver, yep. two in Seattle like you see in the NBA a lot. But when you look at these next uh, stretch of basically seven games, what do you want to see out of the Rockies against a team that is struggling in, Se- in Seattle and a team that seems to actually be getting some traction now in St. Louis?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, let's rewind back to that St. Louis series where we'll see three rookie pitchers in the the rocky staff i know know they were young when i was actually looking this up this morning to prep for the podcast they're tied for the youngest pitching staff in the majors right now at 27 years old and so i I think this becomes an ever long season situation that i have a lot of trust in bud black to manage these young pitchers well but at the same time we've talked about them in the past being fragile and we want to make sure that that momentum kind of Uh, It it keeps moving forward and you keep pushing forward as opposed to one of these guys hitting that wall and then all of a sudden things fall apart. So uh, it's hard to nitpick at this team. It really is because you want to see them continue to hit just like they are and pitch as they are. Uh, The bullpen has been a little, a couple bumps
0: in the road. There have been a a few frays in the seams of of late and then they have worked a pretty significant workload. We've seen worse in early going for Rockies teams in the past but they have worked a a significant amount and it's a a bit of a concern especially with someone like Greg Holland who's coming off Tommy John I think you want to ease up I think you want to ease up on Adam Montavino who's had his challenges so uh, there's a bit of that and it means the starters have to go longer the advantage of a guy like Tyler Chatwood going seven when he hasn't been able to do that too often that makes a very big difference Sensatella uh, has not yet had a game where he's gone fewer than five innings so there's an advantage there but looking at the young starters and, and you bring up a very good point I don't think the sky is falling with the bullpen but they could use less work sure. uh, over the next f- few weeks. You'd like to see the starters go a little longer and not have to tax the bullpen quite as much because you know in Coors Field it always gets taxed. But even though it's not quite a, a third with the 162-game season, we're roughly a third of the way through the season. we basically, 50, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So now what you're seeing with uh, and and Freeland and Marquez who came up a little later, obviously, after John Gray was hurt, but... These rookies are now going to go through their second tour of the league. Mm-hmm. They're going to start facing teams now who have seen them before. You talked about the fragility because they are they're young guys and you don't want it to overtax the arms and you don't want to make sure that they're, you know, the Rockies haven't said there is a hard pitch limit on someone like Kyle Freeland uh, or Antonio Sensitella, but in the back of their head they, have, in the back they probably of have Black's a line. soft There's one. There's some sort of number, They're probably yes. around, you'd, you'd think around 180 innings or so is when they'd probably like to ease off. But that's a concern maybe even more of a pressing concern, is now teams have seen you. They have, they have tape on you. They have recordings of you. They have video. They can look. They can start breaking down your pitch sequence. This is where it becomes very interesting for the Rockies and where they're catchers, I think. They, they kept Ryan Hannigan up after he had done a very good job. Uh, Dustin Garneau sent down. Tony Wolter's still ostensibly the starter, but Hannigan's playing a lot. They have a bench coach in Mike Redman who has managed a major league team in the Marlins and caught for a long time in the majors. To me, this is where the catchers really earn their money, Yeah, because you're going to have to know your starters, know what they can and can't throw in what counts, but you also now have to navigate them through games in ways that they weren't before, because these teams will pick out, these major league hitters are way too good, they will pick out your patterns, and they will wait, and they will crush
1: it. Oh, absolutely. And this is where I go back to the hiring of Bud Black being so important, because he is a He has that pitcher's mentality. He's been through this before. So he can firsthand tell you how to, well, the book is out on our young guys now. They're going to readjust. We're going to readjust to counter that. And so it is going to be interesting. And again, it goes back to watching these young pitchers really closely to see how the MLB begins to begin to, to react to their stuff, to their sequences, to how uh, they are pitching games, because at some point these guys are going to hit a wall or they're going to uh, begin to struggle. It's how they get out of that. But it's it's the, the Bud Black guidance uh, with Redmond, with Stone, in, in the back of their minds, helping that out that I think they can really benefit from very well. And, and uh, I, I have a lot of faith in this... Rockies coaching staff uh, as opposed to previous years where I would have felt, boy, this is um, this is going to be a rocky beginnings There, there could be a rocky beginnings. And maybe that goes back to why the Rockies have always kind of gotten to this part of the season and then they've fallen apart. But now you have a little bit more guidance that is specialized in this area. We know the offense will always be good. That 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 is not something that's going to. It's not fall always good on the, the road, but
0: you'll know at least a course field you'll be able to hit because yeah, everyone th- can hit here.
1: They will be an offensive team. It's always been about the pitching, and I think now you have that guidance to keep them going.
0: I'm, I'm intrigued to see where some of these rookies go because we've gone through the pitchers, and this is where the rubber hits the road in many ways for young players because you can have and and I will look at Trevor Story, and I realize that the Trevor Stories. Uh, sort of maturation is not complete. But I think it's reasonably fair for guys now had almost 500 major league at-bats to look at Trevor Story and remember that amazing April last year, and then remember that before he got hurt, the league kind of did, well, they got the video. They looked. Figured him out, yes. Okay, guess what? He has You throw him movement low and outside with two strikes, he fishes. He overswings at certain kind of pitches, and they've started to exploit that. You find out what kind of a player someone in the majors is, not when they first come up, But it's when the league adjusts to you, and then you have to adjust that second time. That's when you make the leap into being a regular, full-time, bona fide major leaguer when you can then prove that I can approach plate appearances, I can approach batters as a pitcher, I can approach them in the ways I want to, Mm -hmm. not just one specific pattern. So in Trevor Story's case, I look at it, and I am uh, somewhat concerned that I think that Trevor Story may be. Uh, not the guy that we saw in the early going of 2016, and maybe not the guy that we saw in the early going of 2017, but where he's settled about a guy that hits 250 with good power, but a lot of strikeouts. That may be who Trevor Story is now. Now the kind of players you are get revealed, and for the Rockies pitchers, we will find out too. They will. They will, I promise you, have some tough games probably over the next six weeks. You're going to see all those guys, Sensatella, Freeland, Marquez. They're they're going to get knocked around here and there because it's just how it works in baseball. Guys like the the Dodgers or who have seen them now, they're going to come back and they have too many good players uh, to not hit you when they play Arizona again. Because like Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Pollock, they're going to hit you. Oh, absolutely. The question is then what do you do? Well, you will know, say old oh, Mike Tyson thing. Everyone's got to plan until they get punched in the face.
1: Exactly. And, you know, talking to Freeland as well as Sensatella in the clubhouse, the one thing I will point out is the fact that they are mentally strong. Uh, these guys are very confident. Tele, that's
0: that's what I noticed when I started talking about him in February to folks. That was the thing. Like this guy is, yes. he, he, he's not Greg Maddox. We're not going to pretend he is, but he's he's unflappable and he has a short memory. And, and that's what you need. A guy hits a home run, you're like, well, I can't fix that. Onto this guy.
1: And teammates have talked about that, about Sensatella, about the fact that he's not afraid to go after batters. And uh, if there's an issue or, or an error or a hit or a home run or something bad that happens to him. He just wipes the slate clean, and he goes right back after them. And I think that's the mentality you gotta have. You gotta have that strong mental mentality that allows them to, you know what? There are going to be bumps in the road, but you will get past it because your stuff is good. You have great guidance. You have a fabulous defense behind you, and oh by the way, you got an offense that is humming along as well too. That's gonna help provide some run support.
0: Yeah, it is. It has been fun watching this road trip where everything is clicking. Where the pitching has been good. A couple blips through the bullpen, but you know, I looked at that game against the Reds where the bull bullpen kind of failed them it's been so good that i think you you can realistically say this is a good bullpen and if they're going to have those blips and blow game and have multiple pitchers in a row come out in a bad days I'm like, well that's actually fine let's get it all at one day because it's not a situation where you're concerned to go all right well these guys really aren't that good it's kind of fortunate you're stringing it together everyone's gonna to have a crummy day Oh, but absolutely. Greg Holland is not going to have a 100% safe percentage no, at the end of the year. No. <laughs> I promise you it's not yeah, going to work that way. So if you're going to have bad days, have them all at once and lose one game and then get right back at it. And that's what the Rockies have done. And, They've regrouped.
1: And this Rockies team is so good. I think we're getting to the point now we're nitpicking. We're nitpicking in really certain individuals. I mean, when, when your long relief reliever is really your biggest weakness right now in Jordan Lyles, That's not
0: that bad. Everybody has uh, holes.
1: Yeah, everybody's got holes somewhere. We're looking at it now. It's just trying to consistently keep that momentum moving forward and not absolutely as a team hitting a wall and then all of a sudden falling apart like past Rockies teams have done. They have great leadership. They're mentally strong. Sure, could they get better in some spots? Uh, Absolutely. I know there's many who have thrown out these uh, ridiculous ideas of trading for starting pitches. Look, it's not broke. So don't fix it.
0: They almost have too much starting pitching to deal with. Right and, and they now, have yes. young starting pitching that's under team control. And how important that is in, in the grand scheme of things, the Rockies is enormous. Tyler Chatwood is an unrestricted free agent after the year. I think if he pitches well, the Rockies would like to get him back. But I don't think they're going to necessarily break the bank for him because he's 27. He's probably not going to get much better than he is now. And you have uh, a Marquez. You have a Hoffman. You have guys who look ready to be there. The Rockies breaking the bank for starting pitching never makes a tremendous amount of sense because you're always going to have to overpay. Exactly. If you can go with young starters, you can get the job done. It means that then you can afford an Ian Desmond. You can afford to maybe even address a Carlos Gonzalez's situation and, and retain him. You can start talking with Nolan Arenado, who's going to require a $300 million deal to stay. That will be pricey, You can start yes. figuring out how those things work with the young pitchers. So this next six weeks, you are evaluating which guys can bounce back and, and how quickly they can bounce back. I feel very good about Sensatella and Freeland. We'll find out with Marquez. Marquez is not, despite sometimes you read in the paper, it's uh, it's amazing. That's why uh, podcasts like this hopefully are, are advantageous to Rockies fans. It will be well. I, I never heard of Sensatella before he came up. I never heard of Marquez before he came up. Well, that's because you weren't paying attention. Because yeah. both guys were top ten prospects in the Rockies organization coming into this season, and they did expect them to contribute. So, uh, all three of these guys are expected to play a part for the Rockies for years to come, and, and it, it will be exciting because this is a, a, a lot of fun to watch this team play the way it is. And you're right. I don't know if I've ever seen a Rockies team where we're nitpicking.
1: We really are. I mean, it's it's hard to, to find holes right now.
0: And maybe it doesn't last, but you know, Rockies fans... Maybe you just enjoy the ride while and, it's here.
1: Exactly, and some of the best things that you see is the fact that one, we were talking, going back to beating good division rivals, uh, they got their clocks cleaned against Washington. Oh. That was a very bad series. Let's they let's, looked they looked over, call it over, they, like it they is. did look overmatched. Yes, absolutely. So what have they done since? They haven't lost a series. Not one. I mean, you know, yep. and and that just kind of shows you that they have at least faced some adversity. They have faced very good pitchers, Johnny Cueto, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Bumgarner, and they're still winning these games that they're a good team they're a good team they have fixed the biggest holes on the team from years past and that was the bullpen and they are getting some very good starting pitching so uh, this is a team that is going to continue this trend uh, outside of a disastrous injury streak or or landslide losing streak uh, the Rockies will be in it for a long while
0: and I think that's what it, what's exciting you talk about it and, and it wouldn't require an injury streak because remember if you were to say the Rockies would be 14 games over 500 have the best record in the National League would not have John Gray for all but three starts yep would not have your 70 million dollar man Ian Desmond for the first month would not have a guy who looked like he was going to quickly blossom into maybe an all-star caliber player in David Dahl all year
1: and Chad Bettis, too.
0: Would not have Chad Bettis probably yeah. for the whole season. You will lose Trevor Story to injury, and from all of April, when Story and Gonzalez were were healthy, they were terrible offensively. And you still have this team? It's more robust than people think. Absolutely. And more than anything else, that's the excitement. Because even when the Rockies have been at the, the verge of being good, they were one injury away. Now it feels like this is a team that can handle the injuries that will eventually come. Absolutely. Someone important on this team team is going to get hurt. Every team deals with it. So uh, we'll find out. But it feels like they have the right manager to guide them through. And now it feels like the longer the Rockies do this, the more they remind me a little bit of the last two teams that come out, that have come out of the American League and made the World Series, the Cleveland Indians, the Kansas mm-hmm. City Royals. Yeah. Uh, Indians, of course, lost to the Cubs, and the uh, although very nearly won it. And uh, the Royals, of course, did win it after going two years in a row. And Wait, the, now,
1: hold on, Sean. You're not talking World Series yet, are you?
0: No. But I'm <laughs> saying that there is precedent that when you have young teams that start to gel at the same time, then they start believing. Yeah. And to me, I look at the – and you, you talk to those guys down in the locker room. To me, this is a rocky team that is starting to believe in itself, that looks in the mirror and goes, wow, this is fun. Hope we can keep it going to going, nah, we're good. Let's go beat these guys. Uh,
1: and again, it goes back to that culture change. It's the fact that we are not the gr- we are the grading stick for other teams now. It's not the other way around. In in previous years, we would have said, uh, oh man, we'll see how the Rockies can stack up against the Cardinals. Now, it's the Cardinals chasing the Rockies. And that's such a weird thing to say for Rockies fans because it's never really been that way, but that's the reality here. The Rockies are a very good team. They are turning heads. They are getting national attention, and uh, they're doing it by fantastic offense, great pitching, great leadership. A lot of those guys that you walk into the clubhouse and it's it's loose and it's 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 jiving, and and uh, guys are talking to each other, and there's a lot of friendships going on, and uh, it's not tense at all. And this team is very very good, and they're led by a. Uh, a, a manager that has changed the way baseball's played here and, 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 and is really exactly what the Rockies needed in a manager.
0: Well, it's summer it feels like it's right on the, the verge of happening here. The, the weather's warming up. It's beautiful, so enjoy taking in. Head d- down to Coors Field. Go check out the Cardinals series. it be a lot of fun. it would be nice for the Rockies Finally fans. Finally get to see them home. be nice to see the Rockies fans outnumber Cardinals fans for oh, a change, yes. too. All those Midwest teams come into town, you feel like it's a road game. I think that might flip a little bit. It might be a little more purple in the stands. So go catch the Cardinals this weekend. Go catch the Mariners team you don't get to see in Denver a lot after that. And before and after the game, go visit tap Fourteen. You'll want to go by there, 1920 Blake Street, the, the rooftop of haters and co. Uh, the best view in town. It's a terrific view for a baseball day. You're looking right up and down Blake Street. A tremendous amount of fun. 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. All Colorado made upstairs at Tap 14. Even even the, uh, the decor, it's all reclaimed uh, beetle kill wood from Colorado, too. So, I mean, top to bottom, you're a Rockies fan, you're a Colorado fan. This is your place, so go tell him I sent you. And, and by the way, on Monday, it is Memorial Day weekend, we'll be recording the next version of this podcast on location at Tap 14 right after that Rockies game, which is uh, uh, hopefully an opportunity to win a game versus the Seattle Mariners and uh, get things moving on that homestand as the Rockies continue to uh, maybe not surprise anymore. Maybe just keep it going. So, uh, an awful lot of fun there. Check them out at tap14.com and check Ronnie out by the way at Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. You'll want to follow him because you know he's the guy that makes everything go here. I tweet in a lot. Sports. Yeah, and that's healthy. Just a little bit. That's good. It's healthy. <laughs> that's, that's that's fine. You know, you want to share things. But like I said, Ronnie is down there at Coors Field for virtually every home game. So he's one of those guys that is in the know, even though he's not bragging about it so much. So we're always happy to have him here uh, every week with us on the Blake Street Irregulars. So thanks, Ronnie. For Absolutely. Thanks for and uh, yeah. enjoy the Enjoy the weekend. You enjoy your weekend. Come on up, Tap 14. Join me on Monday. Uh, Nate Lundy will be there. I don't know. He may make a token appearance on the show he would probably just be there drinking a bunch of Colorado craft.
1: I beers. would imagine so, yes.
0: But uh, you know,
1: but hey, you, you can't beat it. Memorial Day, baseball, good baseball. Yeah, out in the sun and,
0: and great and drinks, sitting out up on the bar at the rooftop. Yeah, count me in. So enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Stay safe. We will catch you back here on Monday for Ronnie. I am Sean Drotar. This is the Blake Street Irregulars of fifty two eighty Sports Network production.